Hey, before we start, check it out. We need your help. Please follow The Efficient Startup Podcast and leave a five-star review. As you know, the podcast might be super fire, but we're really new to the game. And if you're really joining us this early, let's join forces to get this podcast to Apple's trending page and spread the word. We really, really would appreciate it. And now, to the show. Welcome to The Efficient Startup Podcast, powered by Bound. We interview the hottest young entrepreneurs, influencers, and creators and take you through their day-to-day to learn how they maximize their time to make the most of their everyday. I'm Victor Liu, and check out more of what we do at joinbound.com. Now, trust me, you'll be genuinely surprised. That's joinbound.com. On our show today, how Brian Healthman strayed from a conventional path as a finance student to become a consumer tech entrepreneur, and now to the CEO and founder of Startup Island, where they create meaningful experiences for other prospective entrepreneurs. Think about your ideal state in startup glory. You just IPO'd your tech startup, Uber for puppies or something, and you're now sitting in the Bahamas bathing in wealth. Well, believe it or not, our next guest, Brian Houthman, really believed he was on that path. Brian was the CEO and co-founder of Tabs, an app that curates the best bars and clubs in New York City. He was living the dream, partnering with hundreds of establishments and raising tons of VC funding. He honestly, he believed that he would eventually take on and dominate Yelp and Google. However, a hard turn of events and a couple of years later, Brian found himself in a completely different space, creating experiences for prospective entrepreneurs with his company, Startup Island. From tech entrepreneur to creating personal and professional development accelerators, Brian has found himself in a space that he not only loves, but he believes he can dominate and work in for the rest of his life. I'm the founder of Startup Island and we create meaningful experiences specifically through travel that catalyze personal growth and meaningful connections so this is something that i've kind of always been doing uh sometimes through you know specific organizations formally and sometimes just with groups of friends Um, i always found myself as the person that would be putting together activities i was social chair of my fraternity in college and Throughout my professional career, I've just been moving more and more towards this realm of experiential learning and experiential learning that is focused on driving purpose and and connection. That's really amazing. So obviously, you're super invested in startups and really building the next generation of amazing founders, but you weren't really always interested in this area, right? Like back in college, you were a student in University of Michigan. What were you really interested in back then? Yeah, so like I said, I've always been interested in creating meaningful experiences and the types of experiences is really what has evolved over the years. So in college, I was a finance major. I was in the business school at Michigan, so very finance driven, but I was actually more of a finance and marketing concentration. I say finance because the entire school was very, this is you know, I graduated in 2011, so entrepreneurship was just not as sexy as it is today. Yeah. Um, so back then, they kind of drove everyone towards a finance career, 
So I interned at Morgan Stanley the summer after my sophomore year. Yeah. Uh, absolutely hated it. Uh, I was always good with numbers. I always, you know, enjoyed looking at the financial markets and mm -hmm. how macroeconomic factors influence those markets. Um, and I still do. But I wasn't very entrepreneurial in college. Entre wow. College was actually kind of a, a time when I took a break from my entrepreneurial ambitions yeah. and was probably more motivated by financial gain than creating gotcha, meaningful gotcha. impact. I mean, of course it makes sense. You were a financier. I mean, out of curiosity, what, what type of finance were you, were you into? So the business school at Michigan was, it was like a pretty strict core curriculum. Yeah. Um, so everyone was a business major. Yeah. There were no like, you didn't really have to choose a major. So <laughs> the electives that I chose, the classes that I chose to concentrate in were, you know, I tried to take as many different classes as I could in finance and marketing. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really interested in any specific kind of finance. In fact, at my Morgan Stanley internship, I was shadowing a lot of different people on the sales and trading desks and iBanking and all these different areas. Wow, so yeah, as a college student, it seems like you were just really you know, thrown into the mix of you know business students trying to figure out you know what you're specifically really motivated in, and you know how did you stumble upon entrepreneurship? Did did entrepreneurship? Did you find entrepreneurship, or did entrepreneurship find you? I would say a little of both. No, it's a good question. I think a lot of founders start businesses because they want to start businesses, yeah. and I don't think that's why you start a business, or at least. In my experience, most successful founders start a business because they feel like they have to, because they are so passionate about a certain idea or the market demands that they bring their idea yeah. to the public. So for me, I it was, it was the former. Um, mm -hmm. After college, I, I went and worked at CBS doing ad sales. I spent a wow. winter in Colorado as a ski instructor. And I started my first business about three years after I graduated, my yeah. first real business. And at the time, it was an idea that I was incredibly passionate about and something that through some market research and, and just talking to people who experienced the problem that I had experienced, I felt like there was a market need that I could fill with the problem that we right. were solving. And yeah, for people um, listening that don't know, right, he's referring to his, his startup tabs. And I think you started it at a time where consumer SaaS products weren't actually super hot and it wasn't, there weren't a lot of, you know, apps in the app store yet. It was sort of just a growing market. And you really, you know, found a problem. And as a, you know, a finance student in Michigan who, you know, normally would want to end up in a big bank or investment service company, you took a different path. First, you know, talk us through that. What was the motivation in you know, creating tabs? What kind of need did you think you needed to solve? And what was that mm -hmm. whole process like? Yeah, so tabs was essentially a, a venue search engine focused on nightlife and restaurants. And our the, the easiest way to describe it is Yelp without crowdsourcing. So we yeah. curated all of our own content in-house. We had a team of writers and photographers kind of running around New York City gathering content ultimately with the goal of making the search process faster and easier for consumers. So this is something that Google wasn't doing as well as they do now, back then. So it was, again, a problem that we ourselves felt. Yeah. And we even had the, the long-term idea of taking our consumers from just searching and discovering venues to ultimately taking them through their entire 
restaurant or, or nightlife journey with a mobile payments platform. And this was, you know, back when mobile payments were just getting hot. So the idea got some pretty early traction. I mean, spent about three years building it, scaled the team to about seven full-time people and like 12 interns, launched in New York, I believe launched like March 2014, and launched to, to some good press, some good yeah. customer reviews, and grew pretty quickly. Ultimately, as growth was starting to plateau and there were some inner team issues, some outsourced development team, and a lot of things conspired to lead me to ultimately shifting my focus towards Startup Island. Wow, that's really amazing. Just gonna stick all right, a little bit with tabs because I'm super curious, right? When you were you know, out in Michigan and you know, still trying to found this company, what was, what was sort of the process of just saying, oh, I'm gonna move from being in, in finance or I don't know if you were in like wealth management or capital markets, but something that was you know, strictly finance to something where you, know, you and I know now that entrepreneurship you know, really requires a lot of different skills and something that might be intimidating to get into. What was that process like of just jumping in? Yeah, so it was, it was a long process. It wasn't yeah. like I jumped from finance to starting my own company. Again, I was never really that passionate about finance. I was in, in the business school by chance. I got into the business school out of high school. I thought, cool, this business, I'll make a lot of money. Um, yeah. Not really knowing what I was getting myself into. So the finance focus, the focus on finance throughout college was more of a reluctant focus. It was more like that was the path that they were pushing everyone towards. Gotcha. But I never worked in finance. I, again, had that internship at Morgan Stanley, but after college went into sales. And I think my first sales job was very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. it, I had a lot of autonomy in that role. I was able to prospect my own clients, choose who I wanted to sell to create marketing campaigns, get them on the radio, TV, yeah. digital properties. And ultimately I, I was, you know, selling myself. I was, I was running my own business just with CBS assets. I think that's what a lot of sales jobs allow you to do. Gotcha, gotcha. So that was kind of the transition. And then when I was at that job, that's when I first had the idea. Uh, that's when I first had the idea for tabs. Wow. Um, and yeah. and. and off you went, growing tabs, and uh, you remind me again, when you were growing tabs, you were still in school, right? No. No, no. No, that was, so I started that company three years after college. Got you, got you. And you know, being such a, like, a college student, you know, fresh out of school, right? You know, what, what, you know, really allowed you to be able to pick up all the skills that you really, you know, requires entrepreneurs to have? You know, was it through, like, through, are there any, you know, books that you've read or was it a lot of just, you know, trial and error and, ex and experimenting with different things? Yeah, so when I had the idea for my first business, I mentioned I, I left my job at CBS and actually went out to Colorado for a winter where I was a ski instructor. So I was on the mountain every, every day from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then the rest of the day, I was just reading and, and researching and learning essentially what it takes to start a business. Um, I sat through the entire Y Combinator, how to start a startup series, no which is a great <laughs> video series that they yeah. made public, something they did at Stanford years ago. That was really helpful. I read books like Lean Startup. Um, how to win friends and influence people, think and grow rich, some other, you know, autobiographies of 
entrepreneurs that I admired and okay. um, started listening to podcasts. And really, I mean, I learned a lot doing that, but I learned so much more on the job. You know, came wow. back to New York, got the team together, started building, and learned so much just from communicating and learn, you know, learning on the job, how to manage a team, how to manage disagreements, how to create a real marketing strategy. Because again, I, I took marketing classes in college, but, and some of that translated to, to marketing my business, but a lot more of what I learned, especially in the realm of, of marketing and customer acquisition was learned through experimentation, just trying things and, and being open to, yeah being wrong and, and pivoting and iterating and finding what works. Yeah, that itself is super interesting because you know, I, you know we, we're familiar with startup and the common way of doing things now in a startup is you know, constantly iterating and finding ways to improve from previous step, a lot of debriefs. When you were you know, just starting tabs, what were some good systems you had in place where you could constantly be iterating and improving? And in terms of the company and also yourself, how did you try to let yourself grow as much as possible? Yeah, it's a good question. So we did focus groups with users. We would invite them over to my apartment, uh, groups of 10 at a time. We would order in food and just ask them questions, like get them talking, try to empower them to provide us with non-biased feedback. I think talking to customers is the, the best and maybe only true way to gain valuable feedback that you can use to, to pivot and iterate when necessary. And, and coupling that with actual data from looking at the analytics of downloads to monthly active users to daily active users to time spent and thinking about especially from a design perspective how we can optimize the process and get people spending more time yeah. on our product and and shifting the product towards what people wanted from it right right and yeah that's super great advice for any sort of starting up founder that really is trying to penetrate the consumer SaaS space and grow, you know, really viral products like, like you did in your past. You know, it's always a constant process of iterate. But what about for yourself? Because I know, you know, you came from a background that's not super entrepreneurial. You didn't go to, you know, a school that, you know, gave you these entrepreneurial classes and you really picked up self-learning on your own. But through these process of trial and error, what were some good systems you had in place to really improve for yourself? Yeah, so with tabs, Honestly, I was working 100-hour weeks, crazy hours, really burnt out. Wow. I would say that the three years I spent building that business were not uh, physically not the healthiest years of my life. I stayed in shape, I went to the gym, I ate well, but I, I mentally was really not in the place that I am now. And I've gotten here through Startup Island, through the business that I've been running for the last three and a half years. and. Startup Island is, has helped me so much because we run workshops on managing your time and, and prioritization, goal setting, and I've learned so much from our travelers in, in this realm. And this is a business where I'm much more passionate about what, what we're doing. If you're truly passionate about what you're doing and your priorities are in line with like who you really wanna be, if you're, I think when you've achieved balance, that's when what you want and what you do are, are one and the same. And when that's the case, I think time management becomes a lot easier because you're essentially just doing what you want all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. So work becomes play and it 
feels a lot better to be still work a lot, but again, to me, it feels like play. So it, it bleeds into the rest of my life. Yeah, and you know, for people who don't know you, right? Like you and I know that it's basically night and day from you know, the times that you're working at tabs and you know, pulling these all-nighters and 100-hour work weeks to now, you've really discovered a, a sort of new way to sort of have self-care, have balance, and also Starb Island right now, right? You know, there's amazing things happening in the corporate space. You're expanding your, uh, your workshops, uh, automating that whole process, really becoming one of the leaders in the space. And just from what I'm hearing, right? Something, someone like that must, you know, really on the outside, it seems like you've worked a really busy life. But no, you, you seem like you know a lot in terms of taking care of yourself and living a balanced life. And how have you sort of stumbled upon the process? Tell me about, you know, the times where you sort of shifted the way you Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just living with more intention. So again, doing what I want to be doing with my time. Whereas with Tabs, my previous business, and, and definitely in previous jobs, I felt like I was doing what I had to be doing. And when you're doing what you want to be doing, when you're living with intention, you, you know, again, it becomes fun. I, I schedule my weeks and I'm filling my weeks with things that, that energize me, that don't drain me. So. You know, I probably spend upwards of 20 hours a week with friends and family. I spend probably 20 hours a week, you know, just between meals and time in the gym. I sleep at least eight hours a night and I'm going hour by hour because I think being that intentional and really auditing yourself and, and understanding where you're spending your time is really important. So with that 20, 20 and eight a day, that probably leaves me with what? we're talking like 80 hours left in the week. 20 hours with friends and family is awesome. Like I love that, I'm, I'm filling my cup, I'm energized by that. And I still have 80 hours a week left for, for again, work, which to me feels like play. But that's a lot of time for me. That's plenty of time for me to accomplish everything I want to accomplish. And even within those eight hours, I'm mostly doing things that I want to be doing. So, and, and, and coming to those numbers has taken a lot of trial and error, you know, for some people, they want to spend more time in the gym. They might not want to spend any time in the gym. They might want to spend more time working, less time working. I think it's important to audit yourself over the course of a yeah. weekly basis or a daily basis, monthly basis, whatever works for you, and come to a certain framework that works given what you want out of life. Right, and it seems like you've definitely taken a really numerical approach to establishing a good system for you. And for people who say they're listening and you know they're stuck in positions that they don't want to say you know you went down typical you know beginning student path and you ended up where you are right what would you say to you know that self that someone who isn't in sort of a position that they're super passionate about how do they find meaning in in that and really find a way to live contently well for one travel i really do believe that experiences out of your comfort zone in nature with people who build you up, who inspire you, can really help you develop a heightened sense of self-awareness. When you grow up in a certain environment, confined to the way things are supposed to be, you know, the traditional path, if you will, your options are limited, naturally. When you start to see different parts of the world and gain a more global perspective, the possibilities become endless. You start to see that there are so many different ways of living and making an impact. 
And so I think seeing the world, and it doesn't have to be, not everyone has the means to fly all over the world, but you can do this just by getting out of your city, you know, taking a bus up to Boston or Maine, I don't know, just get out of your comfort zone and, and figure out what it is you really want. That's really amazing. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Thank and you. for everyone listening, where can they find you? So Startup Island, uh, our website is joinstartupisland.com. You can just Google Startup Island. Uh, we have decent SEO, so you'll find us there. And I'm Brian yeah. Helfman. You can email me at brian at joinstartupisland.com or just Google me too, and I'm sure I'll come up. You'll find me. That was a really amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. That was co-founder and CEO of Startup Island, Brian Helfman. Brian now lives in New York and works with his remote team. And well, if you think about it, that's sort of fitting for the co-founder of a company that also plans abroad trips for their customers. Now he's currently 100% zoned in on Startup Island and is working towards making this accessible to company retreats as well. Also, we're doing something pretty cool. Get featured on our Instagram story by leaving a five-star review and a comment to this podcast. Just don't leave anything too weird, guys. I. Just kidding, I, I still feature you though. You can find our Instagram at the handle at getbound. I'd be so grateful. And if you're curious about what we do, check out our website at joinbound.com. Now, I promise you're gonna be genuinely surprised. Thank you to Bam SRO for producing the podcast this week. And this was the Efficient Startup Podcast, powered by Bound.